0: Are you a lawyer who desires more freedom and flexibility in your work life? To be more available for your family, stop deferring those bucket list travel destinations until retirement, take care of yourself physically and mentally, or even just have more time for your other passions and priorities. What would it mean for your life if you could continue to practice law without sacrificing in any of these areas or sacrificing your income? I'm Kaylee Giacome, host of the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. I run a six-figure virtual law practice, working less than 25 hours a week. I'm a mom of two little ones and started my practice so I wouldn't have to choose between my vision of motherhood and my legal career. Your dreams and priorities may be different, but if you're curious about how to create a practice that is designed around your most important priorities in life, rather than always having to fit your life around your career, then you're in the right place. You, my friend, are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. Welcome to the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, Dominica. Can you please introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, Paley. First of all, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today with you.
1: And of course, my name is Dominica Fazola. I'm ex-lawyer. I was a global head of privacy for $1 billion tech unicorn. And now I own a coaching business and I help lawyers to manage their time in a way that they can grow their career and also have the semblance of personal life. And I do this through my own methodology that that I've developed, Low Life cycle Code. And it's a three-step process for busy female lawyers to
0: create time for their work and life so they can succeed in both. Awesome. So the reason that I wanted to talk to Dominica today is because this was a huge pain point For me, there's a quote from James Cleary's Atomic Habits that I might butcher this, but it's something to the effect of that we think that we're going to rise to the level of our goals. But really, we fall to the level of our systems and we all have different personalities. Some people are more that meticulous planner. They just naturally gravitate towards systems. And then others of us, myself included, are more of those fly by the seat of your pants kind of personalities. And what I have found in life is that got me so far. But you add more and more complications to life. You add a child. You add another child. You add a business. And life gets to the point where you have to have really good systems. Even if you are good on your feet, you have to have really good systems to support you. So just to to tell a little bit about my story working with you, we actually go way back. We were interns together when we were in law school in Thailand, and that was amazing. We were living the dream then, and we are living a different dream now. But I found myself, I guess two years ago, I added a second business and a second child the same year. We were moving. And my systems were either non-existent or they no longer fit the life that I had. So Mm -hmm. we worked together and you really helped me to look at my goals and look at how I wanted my day and week to flow and then and make a system around that. Because previous to that, I had a lot of goals, but I was almost willing things to happen. And that's why that quote from James Cleary really spoke to me so much because I was always trying to rise to the level of my goals. And you need those systems in place, the more complicated life gets. Can you share with us, I know you work with a lot of lawyers and being a lawyer and managing your personal life and your career, whether you are working at a law firm or you're in house or you're a business owner, is not easy. If I know a lot of our listeners are also mothers. You add that in too. And that's just another huge element of that demands your time and attention. Can you share with us what are some of the common pain points that you hear from clients when they come to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think some of them you've already mentioned, You made an amazing intro to what I'm going to be talking about it because there are literally two groups of people that I work with. The first one is the type of lawyer who is single, wasn't half family. And they get to a point where they're eyeing on leadership role or they just got the leadership role. And then they realize that the freedom and the, the chaos that the freedom and lack of system actually brings it's very harmful for their career and their personal life when they have a team that they need to look after. Because at the beginning, when they're in the university or when they're starting their career, the hard work is rewarded. It's really about the quantity. But as you climb the corporate ladder and as you're becoming more and more leader, you start need to start to have a different set of skills. And this is exactly when the time, the pressure on your time and how you manage your time becomes a pain point. So that's the first group is usually people that realize that the current strategy that they have to get where they want it to be is not what are going to get them to the next level or successfully pursue their leadership career because they already have new people new team that they need to manage and it's not only about their schedule but it's also about the schedule of those people and this is when this work system but also personal systems come in place and we can then unpack exactly what systems i'm talking about the second pain point second type of lawyers are exactly like you were mothers that had another child or the first child maybe a change in their business or in their career and again to go to the point where the systems they might have had before all of a sudden do not work for their reality and I think there is so much to learn when you're working with somebody who can help you to take the step back or the high level view and look in your situation and really tie those goals that you have with that vision to how you go about your day to day life and how which kind of actions you take in a day. And it also I think helps you to really understand if those goals and visions you have are really yours, or is it something that your grandma wants, your mother wants, bless them, they want the best for you. But when we become mothers and we become have our own family, we start to realize that a lot of patterns, a lot of goals that we had and visions are actually not serving us anymore and not ours. So part of this whole process, and again, we can talk about exactly how I'm doing this with my client, is also about understanding if I'm actually the vision that I'm trying, both goals I'm trying to reach, are my goals or not. Am I really subscribing to them and am I really committed to do them, or I'm just having them because I hope. Uh, This is what I want. So these are two main pain points. It's really about uh, growing your career, and something changes in your career. All of a sudden, the old strategy of just winging it or chaos or the hard work does not work. You need to be, you have have more executive presence. You need to be more organized. You're managing a team, or something changes in your personal life that shakes what you believe about your life, and you realize that the trajectory you're taking is not the right one. So you start to think about a different system.
0: Yeah. And I think it was also difficult for me. I think it's difficult for a lot of people to be objective in having clarity about what your goals are and then what the actions are that you're actually taking and whether they're serving your goals. I remember talking to you and saying that one of, one of my goals was that we want to move to Pennsylvania and we want this very specific house in this area. And that would require job change for my husband. It's a a very complicated move for our family and our circumstances. And then as we would get into the details, I would be saying, okay, I want to allocate time to X, Y, and Z. And you were so helpful in bringing me back to, okay, how does this serve? You say your main goal is this. Just repeating that back to me or or asking me because we don't ask ourselves those questions because we don't have the clarity to see it from outside. Of, okay, why is this important to you right now? Or is this something that you want to achieve in the short term? Or is this something that could be put on the back burner and, and maybe a goal of next year? So just like really sitting down and examining those things and having to provide an answer that provided me with a lot of clarity. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, I think there's a huge body of research that proves that when it comes to productivity, you actually always—and even if you feel like you're procrastinating—you're always showing up for your highest priority. Uh, I really like the psychologist Dan Martini who talks about it, and I see it in my practice over and over. Mm-hmm. Is when there's a misalignment between what you actually think you want and what you're actually doing, and there's also the flap between that we many times see on a social media is your values, right? But these are really things that are all connected. And I think the first step before we talk about the to-do list or a planner, or we talk about discipline, any of that, the first step, and this is actually the first step of my entire methodology, is about really understanding creating vision that belongs to you, but also understanding how that vision ties to your values and how it ties to what your seasonal priorities. I say seasonal priorities on purpose because we go through seasons, and, and in ever-changing world that we're living today, you constantly need to be flexible and adjusting to the season in your business or your career or your family is, But the, the the vision serves as your northern star that is guiding you. The problem is, and I see it over and over with my clients, that there is a huge mismatch, and there's not conscious connection between or unconscious connection between two. Very good example is when somebody wants to build their career and make money. But they come to me and they say, I can never go to gym. I can never take time for myself. I don't practice self-care. But if you look at it on a higher level, if you take a bigger picture in your mind, how can you show up when it's 6 p.m., 8 p.m., you got still five things on your to-do list. You've got deadlines. you got a huge responsibility. How can you think you're going to work out more if your goal is to grow your career? You're going to show up and you're going to act in line with that vision of growing your career. It's about really attaching the priority and the value I need to work out because that gives me energy, that gives me resilience, that supports my grit. And that is important for growing my career. Going back to the leadership role, if you want to be taken seriously as a reader, you have to have executive presence. You need to have good communication skills. You need to look good. Like that is studies after study that are proving this. It's not superficial information. So you can tie that workout to that big hole. And what it does is that when it's time to go to gym at 5 a.m., 5 p.m. or 5 a.m., and you start to negotiate with yourself, oh, I shouldn't do it because there's another brief I can write or I can just this one more email, then you can say to yourself at the very beginning when you're just forming the habit, no, because going to gym, and that's just an example, it could be anything, going to gym is a high priority right now because of the very reason why I want to stay at work, because I want to grow my career. And actually right now, the way to do it is going to gym. And then it's going to remove the need to constantly fight with yourself and rely on willpower and create a system by design that is rooted in what you really want ultimately and what you really value.
0: I think maybe this is just me not being a morning person, but there's something different about my morning brain that is so creative about coming up with reasons of why I don't actually need to do things or, but it can begin with your alarm going off. You have a whole plan for the day that you thought you were committed to. And maybe that mm. involved you getting up at 5 a.m. and your mind can be so creative in making up excuses. So I can see how that really needing to anchor it into something that is really important to you is pivotal because I, I, I know yeah. I can, I'm almost in a half dream phase. Make up excuses that don't even make sense about why I do not, in fact, need to wake up at five a.m. And nobody needs
1: to wake up at five a.m. There is no rule. There's no. I haven't seen a study that proved that somebody who wakes up at five a.m. has bigger odds of becoming a millionaire than not. I think it's just really um, it's a content of social media, and I think it's really abused. But what is true though is that if you wake up with a control over your day, and if you have a routine that is calming, and if you prioritize your own mindset before you start a day, before you get into the mixture of emails, constant external factors, interfering with your schedule, you are calmer and you have lower levels of anxiety and stress. There's a lot of research that supports that. So I think there's two sides to waking up in the morning, but I absolutely 100% support that you do not have to do. Actually, many of my clients don't even have a very rigid morning ritual. The focus is mostly on calming and ensuring that you're not in a reactive mode first first thing in the morning. And I think it's so important, again, going back to why you're doing it and how is it tied to what you ultimately want? Because exactly, you start to negotiate at 5 a.m. You start to think, I went to sleep too late and this is not as important and this is not a priority right now. You don't want to be in that state. You need to be very clear. If you're putting something on your schedule, it cannot be should. I always say for busy lawyers should not happen, only must happen. Let's be real. We cannot use tactics that freelancers or designers or content creators are using in our profession. We have unprecedented level of stress. We have client demands. We have a huge responsibility and a lot of duty of care to client. And every single decision we make could put potentially our license online. So we really are having a totally different scenario when it comes to career and stress and therefore the prioritization and that internal dialogue is very different to somebody who has very free schedule and very little responsibility. I understand everybody has responsibility, but let's face it. Lawyers are the second stress profession. According to data after data, there's ABA studies that prove 75% lawyers are struggling with workbooks. 60% of lawyers struggle with prioritization. So if you look into the levels of addiction, the level of female representation, and leadership, all this kind of data point to one thing. You need to be very mindful about how you prioritize your health, your well-being, and you need to make sure that you're equipped with the right tools. I use both mindset and real-life tools, such as
0: productivity tools, to navigate all of that. So there, there's two pieces to that also. I, From what I hear you saying is the vision. And what I mean by that is having a really clear idea of what your goals are, your True, not the ones that you're taking yeah. up from other people. And then also having systems that support that. And I think unless you really carve out the time to intentionally sit down and, and really think about what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my day and my week to look like? And where do I want to be in five years? If you have a vague idea of your vision, so you're, you're driving a ship, you don't drive, you're sailing a boat and you're saying, oh, we're going we're going like north kind of west um, instead of a precise nautical direction. You don't really know where you're going to end up. Um, And then on the other hand, um, if you know exactly the coordinates of where you want to go, but you aren't tracking that in any way or you don't have a method of ensuring that's where you want to go, it's not going to come together. I know personally, even though I am very goal oriented and and Vision oriented. Yeah. I, there was a gap between what I really wanted and my actions because they changed. And so many of us, whether it's an external thing or just having internal desire to pivot, you need to constantly reexamine those. And that's another thing that I've noticed even after working with you is that you gave me the tools to also analyze this on my own afterward so that I could see, okay, here's the system that we set up, but X, Y, and Z has changed. Like the kids' school schedule has changed, or this has changed. Yeah. And so I also need to change this. Yeah. Um, Can you talk about how you begin, once you have that clear vision, how do you begin to put the systems in place? What is the system for developing your system?
1: Yeah, I love that question because I think... So good to talk about habits, to talk about systems, but really the money is where the how is, right? Like how you're actually going to do it when you're busy lawyer. It, it's not an easy task. Before that, I just want to add something a little bit to the vision and you've mentioned it in your introduction to this. It's not enough to just have clarity. It's very important to have clarity and this sense of acuity that you are always course correcting and adjusting as you go, depending on your different priorities. But I think there is very important element to that's over, overlooked many times. And that is, do you really have confidence that you're able to pursue that vision? I know many gurus are saying make huge dream dream and and it's going to all be manifested. But let's be honest. That's how I, I operate and how I work. And I believe that you really need to be committed to your goals and you really need to need to have the confidence that you can pursue it before we actually build the system with my clients. I always do a lot of mindset exercises that are targeted or they're focusing on understanding if that vision that they want and those values that they want to embody in that vision and those seasonal priorities are actually something they can make and they're confident that they will pursue. And many times, this is the type of tough questions you need to ask yourself because that really reveals what's working, what's not working in your life and what kind of changes you need to make in order to get to that destination. And one of the most common answers I have, if I can share some practical examples, is people usually tell me my clients that they are around seven, eight, or six on a scale of one to 10, uh, sure about how they're confident or how they're going to go about their goals and whether they meet them. And that is not enough to just know how confident you are. You need to ask yourself, what will make it 10? What will really increase that confidence? And I would say nine out of 10 times the clients would say, Having a plan, having articulate in front of me through undeniable proof that I'm going to be uh, following through. This is also coupled with a lot of uh, limiting beliefs that clients have around whether they're good enough, whether it is even possible to have workline balance as a lawyer, whether is it possible to have time for themselves because in the past they might not have been able to achieve that. For granted, they didn't have the tools to achieve that, but that's what like the beliefs that they created and then also the numbers that I share support that belief and the reality of in living as a warrior supports many of these beliefs. So I think the systems really serve multiple facets of goals here from actually having a practical schedule in place that makes it so much easier to follow through on your goals, but it also supports your confidence and it supports your self-esteem because all of a sudden... From chaos and from having a lot of should haves that you actually never met, you have a very clear baseline against which you're going to perform. And then you can reflect on and then you can track how you're committed or how you are performing in relation to the system. So it makes it very clear to know whether you're good enough. And I always say there's a very good quote of Alex Hormozy that says, you do not gain confidence by shouting affirmations in a mirror. You gain confidence by creating. A stack of undeniable proof of you doing the thing you said you would do. And I think also Mel Robbins, one of the best gurus or coaches on performance, is saying the same thing. The most important ability that you can get, not just as a lawyer, but as a human high achiever, is to do the things you said you would do. And the system and the plan and the milestones that come with it become create such objective reality and make it so crystal clear for you to know whether you did. Do what you were saying you would do or not. What I see many lawyers are saying that do not believe they're good enough or they they have confidence issues are they put absolutely unrealistic expectations on themselves. Their to-do list is basically just a laundry list of random things they actually never committed to do, and then they measure themselves against it, and it's really becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy because they start to believe it and that's how they act. So this is just a little preface to why systems are important. And what is done between the vision and feeling like creating that system. And that is creating that commitment and confidence to the system.
0: Yeah, a couple of things that you said there, as you were um, talking about lawyers will create a laundry list of to-dos that may not actually be their goal. It reminded me on Monday, I came to this really unique place in life where I had no dirty laundry. I had no laundry that was in a washer or dryer and no laundry that had to be folded or put away. Everything for all four people was away. There was nothing to wash. Then by Wednesday, two days later, we had three baskets of laundry that had to be folded and put away. And it struck me this feeling that i had on monday of i've accomplished this this is i've come to the finish line of this is the standard should be that there's nothing to put away and that i'm doing it right and then i once it was not, it's not a realistic standard and i definitely can see in my own life i will have all of these measures of how i'm doing if i'm doing it well enough that first of all do i even personally care about that maybe not or it may not even be realistic at all. We will always yeah. have a country. It's not, you haven't failed if there's something to fold and put away. But I going back also, how do you navigate with clients when they have all of these shoulds on them and you're working through that mindset or working, trying to get to the bottom of, is this actually a value that you hold or not? No,
1: uh-huh. do I'm happy that we are staying on our topic for a longer period of time, because I think this is so overlooked and people jump into, you need habits to be successful. But habits is nothing just result of you doing something consistently. And it is something consistently when you emotionally are making yourself doing it. So this is the groundwork that is the most important. What we normally do with clients, there are multiple t- techniques that I use. What I always start with, and you've been through it and you didn't really like it, but it's necessary. It's my huge productivity and performance assessment of 60 questions that cut through every single area of my methodology, and it showed me very good which areas of, of your performance, whether at home or at work or in general in your life, are overlooked, which are uh, influenced by limiting beliefs, where do we need different strategy, where there's a system that needs to be in place. So this is the first step that I do when they create the curriculum for the coaching program for my clients, always targeted and specifically tailored to their needs. And then on the basis of that, we go we choose the tools that are right. So the first step is obviously the best life vision or ideal day vision, depending. Some clients have very clear vision, some clients really do not have vision. Some clients start to cry when they're supposed to have vision because the vision they think they have is not the one they actually want to do. And it's my job to hold the space and really ask those tough questions that you wouldn't ask yourself. And then it's really peeling the layers like an onion and understanding the motivation behind it. This is where the values will come up. I don't really like to ask people, what are your values? Because. It's not something that you can just sit at your desk and think about. This is something when you look at how you perform, look at what things matter to you, look at what is your vision. That's how you see those values. Going back to what I said previously. So what I normally do is understanding the motivation of people behind the vision and understanding multiple layers of that motivation. Good example, I want to make more money. Nobody just wants to make more money. You want to make more money to do something. And that's not enough. You want to do something because, I don't know, you want your kids to go to college. Why do you want your kids to college? Because I couldn't afford it when I was young. Why? And you go and you dig deeper five, six times, and then it reveals the real why you're doing it. And you're so emotionally connected and so emotionally charged that once you attach then why to your goal, it's almost impossible for you not to follow through. And number two, what I also do with clients, and this is really working with, how the brain is wired, how we are wired, is that we are twice as much motivated by negative. So by avoiding the pain that we are pursuing the passion, uh, what, what we want, pursuing our goals. This is this is why you don't wake up in the morning at 5 a.m. You might think you're interested in doing something, work your do a morning routine, but the pain of waking up is greater and is stopping you. The pain of not following through is in your brain smaller than the pain of getting up. So what I always want my client to see and why we sound statistic, but I want them to feel the pain. What is going to happen in your life if you do not change this right now for you, for your family, for your finances, for your parents, for your kid, whatever reality is, because if you do not have this tough conversation with yourself, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have to shoot and you're not going to follow through. So you need to marinate yourself a little bit in that pain. And again, it's my job as a coach to hold this space for you so it's safe. There are moments when clients realize the areas of their life, they need therapy, they need healing, they need medication. That's okay. That's a process of, this is self-development. That's a process. It's not something that you have one coaching session and you're perfect for your rest of your life, but you have to start somewhere. And this is where I come in.
0: Because I think also otherwise, not only is the pain that you're um, experiencing in the moment and following through greater than the pain that you're avoiding, but also it can be very abstract, especially a lot of our goals they're long-term. Um, so you're not going to realize the result that day, or you're also not going to whatever the utter failure of never uh, never eating healthy and never exercising, that is a long-term consequence, whereas it feels yeah. on the other side, the the consequence is immediate. And that just reminded me, the, m- the more you meditate on that, the more you get clear of the why that's so layered down, the less abstract it will be. Other things that really yeah. motivate us in life usually have, they're less abstract and they're more like time sensitive. I was thinking about the, the thing that I had to most dramatically change my life for, for a short period of time was before we got married. I don't know what was going on, but I, my skin broke out so much. I think it was like, um, combination of stress. I think I was having allergic reactions to the things that I was trying to use to treat it, but it was like severe. If if you were to like, this is gross, but if you were to Google severe cystic acne, it was that bad. And I had never had skin like that. And I was getting married in three weeks. I was so desperate that I, at that time, I did this elimination diet that tomorrow I would never be able to will myself to do because I don't have the Enough motivation for that, but I was three feet from my wedding, and actually, you and I were together three months before my wedding, so you know that my skin wasn't like that. And who knows what happened, but I cut out gluten, I cut out dairy, I cut out meat, I cut out sugar, I cut out coffee. I was eating like kale, quinoa, and green tea with water. I all the expensive stuff I purchased to try to clear my skin. I took the risk of dropping all of it because I didn't know what was aggravating it. And I went to, I think it was just water. I think I just only washed my face with water. And honestly, within three days, it was all gone. It was like a miracle, but it was like that level of the pain that I was experiencing, that fear was so much greater than eliminating nearly every pleasure of my life out of I don't know what reminded me of that, but I guess that was very, like, that was very abstract or not abstract. That was very relevant in my life. Whereas a lot of other goals that I've had personally have been way more long term. And it's much easier on a day to day basis to rationalize moving away from the the actions you need to take that day in order to achieve that result, if that makes sense. All the reason that you really have to dig down and claim to that why, because it's probably not going to make it or break it, whether you do it today or tomorrow. But as the days add up, the months and years will be a make it or break it for that goal. Yeah,
1: that's when the system comes in. It's not just the mindset. And I'm a huge advocate for mindset, you know, very well. But I'm also a huge advocate for the fact that mindset is not enough. Oh, you cannot manage your time with mindset if you're a lawyer because you really need the system and, and design for uh, that supports those day to day actions towards those goals. Everything in your legal career is long term. You start a study and it's a long journey. You start to start your qualification. You start your depending on your jurisdiction. The whole process it is long. Then you start in your firm, and if you want to become a partner, that's a process. So. It's really just about having that long term vision and then tying it back to what you gotta do today that is making you making it easier. It's not the only thing that is necessary, but it's making it easier. And the second thing that is really helping, and there are three things to it. So the first one is this mindset and vision. the vision. Second is the system, and this is really having a set of curated routines for yourself. Going back to the five a.m. wake up, that is. Rated in relation or the target specifically your goals and supports them both at work and at home and in your personal life so this is something that supports you on practical level and this is chicken egg situation as well because i would argue that having those system really eases the pressure on your mindset and oh, that yeah. eases the and eases the requirement of you to be always emotionally in a no matter what happened because the more pressure more fear more anxiety more stress you have the lower you go to your core survivor world. And then it's very hard to manage with mindset. So I think they work hand in hand. We can talk about what's more important and what not. I think it's not hard to have every single tool you have at your disposal. If you're a business lawyer who wants to be successful in your career and have semblance of life, this is absolutely crucial to be as equipped as you can. So this is when the system comes in. And the way I build the system is I always look at the action point stemming from the vision. I said it previously that most the most typical reason why people don't believe they're going to be able to achieve their goals is because they don't have the roadmap. So once we build the roadmap, we deconstruct the roadmap into the daily habit. So it's not about any habit. It's not about habit. It's about a system of habits and routines that are directly related to your goal. And you are committed and confident to do supported by that mindset. And this is how we create a schedule. What I also do with my clients, and this is why you've mentioned that even after the program, it just makes it so much easier for you to plan and schedule and course adjust, is because I also do very in-depth time auditing. And this is not about tracking time. We lawyers, we know how to track time. Many of us are used to billing that we hate. So it's in our system to do it. But this is about bringing awareness and bringing mindfulness into how we are doing things. Not only what activity you did from 9 to 10, but what you were supposed to do did you do it and if you didn't do it why you didn't do it and how you felt and again this is sometimes painful to see that full picture of the lies and the gray areas and the things you say to yourself black and white but it's very good in bringing that awareness and creating that ability to really hold yourself what no matter what happens consistently and once we see that full picture of how your day looks like Versus how you need your day to look like in order to achieve what you want to achieve. If you're really committed and confident, then you can merge those two and create that ideal system, whether it's at work or whether it at home. But that's not enough neither. So the third step is about testing and adjusting. So you can, when the eruptions in your career, in your personal life, can, like you've mentioned, those little sprints come in your marathon, you're ready also to cater to those.
0: I also think that the time audit helps to reveal what your values might be, because sometimes we say our values are one thing. I don't. Some people subscribe to the idea of you are going to live out your values. And so if you examine someone's life, you can see what they care about. And if you, for example, if they're not exercising, then they obviously don't value their fitness at all. But I think that's very reductionary. There's so many things that could be involved in that they could have chronic pain or who knows what. However, I do think there is some truth to that we can see our values reflected in the way that we live our life automatically and unintentionally. And sometimes by looking at how you've spent your time, for example, I don't know if we had this conversation, but let's say I had a goal of in the evenings, I want to get the kids to bed and then I want to have a bulk amount, a certain amount of time to work on content writing or something. That's what I want to do. And then I never do that. What am I doing instead? I'm spending time with my husband or I'm like relaxing and watching something. Could it be that actually what I value is relaxing at the end of the day? And that is important to me and that's what I'm doing and that's okay. And maybe we find another area of where I can get this this work done. So I think it's important to fit your goals and your, your systems for achieving those goals into the schedule. And then also it was helpful to also talk with you and realize it's OK if <laughs> it's OK if I want to relax and I'm not going to be highly productive in the evening or something like that. Yeah, I think there's a lot
1: of misconceptions about procrastination. And I think a lot of people online believe that procrastination is lack of discipline, and laziness. in it. But this is not true for lawyers. I think procrastination in the case of lawyers, and there are multiple reasons why I procrastinate, but specifically with my clients that I've observed is overwhelmed and being tired, is essentially not having the energy. And I've heard, and I've heard of studies that prove that willpower is uh, depletable. I've heard studies that deny that I personally haven't seen a lawyer who is having a lot of energy, a lot of willpower, a lot of grit at the end of the day. I usually work with lawyers. It's my experience who always report the same thing, I'm very tired, I want to do something, but I'm just like, I need to switch off my brain. And I think it's good then to look into the system or routines or wh- whatever you, you're doing in a day and think about, it. that's why it's good to time audit and test it and see if this is showing up more and more. And it doesn't necessarily mean you do not value or disemprengase your value. It just means that there's something wrong with the strategy. That's what I'm saying. The mindset all on is not going to help you the strategy is really helping the mindset as well. So you might have the wrong strategy. I really like your example of laundry list, because if you look at of laundry, you're saying you had no laundry, everything was perfectly folded, washed on Monday, comes Wednesday, and it's the same cycle. You can look at it from different perspective. You can always hold yourself to different standard and say, I want us to always have clean clothes. So that means you might have stuff in laundry, you might have stuff that is in a dryer, you might have, Stuff that's not folded, but is your kid going to school in clean clothes? And that is new standard, and that is making you feel better than trying to hold yourself to impossible standard. So I always don't like when I respect my clients, but I always know it's going to be a problem when they tell me that they want after work at six p.m. go to workout, make friends. 20 other things. I know they're going to come to the next session and tell me the thing that they didn't follow you on that because it's really how this day is wired that you are in your office working hard, using a lot of mental energy, a lot of willpower. And then all of a sudden, you need the time to decompress. And if you do not give it to yourself, this is when you go, when the chaos happens, when you riot against yourself and self-sabotage. So it's good to already time audit and see how the energy levels are. That's why I need to be mindful about how you are behaving in each uh, section of the day, and then give yourself enough rest so you do not self detach.
0: And you said in general, lawyers aren't procrastinators. I would say in general, they're not lazy people either. And you're, no. like you said, measuring yourself by your um, shortcomings. So if you have a full work day um, and you're tired at the end of the day, that's just normal. Um, and if you're a parent, as like all the mothers who are lawyer moms listening you have like first shift is morning getting your kid ready for the day you have your work day and then you have third shift with your child in the evening and then you probably have things to do after they go to bed right and so it's just there's there's a lot there and measuring yourself measuring yourself by what you are achieving instead of by what you're failing to achieve being real realistic I did want to say back to your systems. There were three things that I wanted to mention the f- that were really helpful to me in creating those systems that were curated to me. The first was you're doing your thinking ahead of time. That's what planning is, right? But when you mm. plan on, you're planning on a way more granular level that's intertwined to your goals and achieving them in the long term than just simply making a to-do list. So you're doing your thinking ahead of time of how you're going to operate through your day. And then the second piece was that it was not just, oh, this is a good system for, I don't know, this is a good system for marketing your business if you're a business owner. It's this is specifically a system for you in your life. So you said, which comes first, the chicken or the eggs? That was one of the things that you and I had to work through is I actually had chickens that I had to feed in the morning when I'm trying to get my kids into the car to rush them to school. And there was gotcha. a lot going on. And so chickens were a part of this calculus. And so gotcha. it's like, what is going on in your unique particular life? And how can we build a system that considers all these moving pieces? And then I hope I don't forget what was the last one. It's consistency. thing. You just said it, how you right. keep that system, right,
1: right. R- despite how many chickens are in your farm or who need be- to be fed in your family, right? I don't have chickens, but I also have a lot of other businesses and the emergencies and other businesses come at the worst possible times. We did this kind this prior that you're always tested by either not having anything happening at all or everything happening at the same time. So your system, if you're a lawyer, is being tested daily. And, And I don't want it to sound grim. I think it's actually better to prepare than be scared. And this is the third part of the entire methodology that I have. And one of the things that you might think that is the most important are the boundaries because this is what we're healing all as lawyers. You should, the boundaries are going to save you. And I'm not saying it's not true, but I say that's the tip of an iceberg. I think what actually always made a difference for every single client I had, especially the privacy lawyers that I work with, I'm a privacy lawyer myself, so I work with a lot of them, is planning ahead when it comes to contingencies or having a plan B. This is a... Holy grail of my methodology, if I will, because all of what we just discussed before is something that we somehow know you can find online, but really having that plan B that is unique to you when you're in need. So when the emergency happens, when additional stress is put on you, when additional to the list is put on your plate, you are able to perform way better when you set it up front. And I use really a lot of risk management tools. So this is very, I would say, analytical or logical,
0: which I really enjoyed it. I've never heard anyone else talk about it this way. And it was yeah. really cool. if I said I wanted to do X, and you would ask me what are things that can get in the way of X happening, and I could give you a whole long list. And we would go through, okay, what is the contingency plan there? Like how do you respond in that situation? And again, it's do you're doing your thinking ahead of time when yeah. you're in the, in the stress of the situation. Yeah. When you're not
1: in the thick of it. And I, I really like that you appreciate this planning B. It comes directly from GDPR implementation. I know your audience are lawyers, so I can be more technical. This is a directive that is horrendous in the European Union on businesses that has really has this And it's very important that every single business that is in Europe or is directed to European citizens and complies with. So it's a huge risk. And the best way to be compliant when you have a lot of other factors in your company, such as marketing, sales, everything that you need to comply with for business to function is the risk management. So actually, this risk management technique that I use is ingrained in a standard risk management process for compliance with GDPR. And it's really about making the thinking before the things happen again, because when the things happen, you're under so much stress, you're not going to be thinking straight. And it could be exaggerated even by the fact that you don't have the plan. So what I normally do is three sets of things. First, we identify all the risks for the schedule that we have with our client, whether this is professional or personal schedule. And we list them and rate them on the scale of one to 10 or one to five, depending how many there are, to see what are the biggest risks. And then we look at those biggest risks and we ask two questions. I ask the questions to my client. The first one is, how can you prevent them? And this could be, if you do it by yourself, you'll say, there's nothing I can do. I cannot prevent this from happening. But if you're working with me, I'll ask you follow-up questions and we'll see there are things you can do. You can prevent them. Some of them are very easy, low-hanging fruit. Some of them require changes to the team. Some of them require changes to procedures of your operation, of your company, or in your family. Hard conversations with your husband, hard conversation with your kid or with your boss, but this is where the boundaries come in. And the second step to it is, what is your strategy when it happens? And this is, I think, the most important thing you can do to fight anxiety when you are having a lot of unforeseen events in your practice really have the step-by-step process that you follow. And it becomes almost emotionless when this thing happens. It removes a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety from your workday, which then helps you to comply with your system or to be better parent or to be better lawyer. Obviously, I don't tell you exactly what's the process because every lawyer, every client that I have had different courses because they practice in different areas. I've noticed that if you're a litigation lawyer, you're pressure is absolutely different to somebody who's in a estate planning. Like I said, I work with a lot of privacy lawyers that see a lot of unforeseen events in terms of data breaches, so their processes are a bit different. But the commonality here is you need to think about it ahead of time, because it's too late to think about it when it happens. And I always say, hoping unforeseen events or emergencies do not happen in legal practice is not a strategy. It's not. And it's going to cost you a lot of professionally and also first. So this is the most important. And then you can support it by effectively communicating boundaries, by effectively challenging yourself to stay disciplined for over a period of time. I don't know if you recall, we had the challenge with your uh, outfit that you wanted to buy. So it was a challenge where you set a particular routine that was very hard to stick, but you really wanted to stick to it and you challenge yourself for a certain period of time, and you rewarded yourself with something that you really wanted, but you wouldn't allow yourself to have it uh, otherwise. And then you add another uh, layer of motivation, external motivation, which is not always ideal. But again, why you wouldn't use all the tools that you could potentially have to support yourself? This is not to say because we're using this. The other thing is not important. They're all work together as a, an ecosystem. So there are then additional things you can work with. But I think Handling unexpected events is the Holy Grail or complying or staying consistent, sticking to your suit.
0: Right. And I think um, one that comes to mind that we talked about was I was having an issue with, so I have a very like hybrid kind of life. I essentially work part time. I, I probably work 25 hours a week and I homeschool my daughter. And that works when it works. But... Mm-hmm. There will be days where it seemed like all the time last fall where she wouldn't have school for this reason or she's sick for this reason. And it works if it's just the minimum amount of time needed. So if you take any time away from that, if I have a three day work week and I lose a day, that's a lot different than a five day work week being reduced to four days. So one of the things that we talked about was obviously backup babysitter. That's contingency plan number one. Um, and then also having time on the weekend that was I wasn't maybe always working on a Saturday, but that was a time block that I could have as an overflow period so that when everything went wrong during the week, I had a period of time where I could make it up there. So just that's just mm. a small example. Yeah. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you think would be really useful to a lot of our listeners are their female lawyers. A good portion of them are employed by someone else, whether at a law firm or for the government or in-house, and then another portion of them are law firm owners. What would would be what you want to leave people with if they feel like they have a vision, but maybe it's not clear, and they really wish that someone would just hand them the playbook of, this is what you need to do. (laughs)
1: There are so many things. We've already mentioned a couple of them. I just want to add to what you were saying about your uh, contingency planning around the childcare, which I think is just so specific to many lawyer moms. And I'm mom myself and I have this planning plan as well. So the morning I come to my daughter's room and I hear, I feel that she has a fever it's the end of the world. And then I go back to my my plan and I know exactly how to split the day, who does what, how we share with my husband. I'm blessed to know that my husband works from home. He has his own business so he can help. I have my babysitter. So this is important. It just demonstrates, again, how contingency planning is important. One thing I want to add to this before I summarize it and bring the point home that we didn't touch upon. And I see it again, again, I had a call with a client who is in a particular situation when they're pursuing a uh, postgraduate study for their work and they've just been promoted and they're starting a family. So there's like a lot of concentrating in the same period of time. And I think many times you are trying to apply strategies that you learn from books or social media or that you've got along the way from people that you work with or you've interactively created that are focused on marathons. So you're trying to build a long-term sustainable system and vision that will be in place forever. And then when you're trying to use that methodology to something that is essentially a sprint, you are going to burn out. and You're going to be in trouble because you don't realize that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So I think whether you are preparing for a them, or there's a particular situation in your school that you do not have access to childcare for the moment or something happening at your work, there's a project. I think you will do your stuff a lot. Of, it's going to have a positive impact on the way you look at things and how you perform. If you understand that is a period and you adjust your schedule. So one of the things that I also work with my clients is always to look at what are the non-negotiable for this period and what are the things they can get rid of or they can compromise on when it comes to it. And I think it gives you so much more power and energy knowing that this is the two weeks or this particular week I'm going to live like that. It's not going to be for the rest of our
0: lives, right? We always hear, for me, when you yeah, when you shared with me like just that concept of this is a sprint. That was yeah, it was liberating. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because we always hear you cannot live for the long term. But there are undeniable period in a legal career where you are going to having to be in a situation where you are not balanced, either on one side or the other. And it's good to understand it as a season. It's good to understand that's okay. And again, it's about that advanced planning and looking at it from a external perspective or taking that time to really think about where I am, where I want to be, what is the season, and how do I need to structure my time? There are many techniques that you can use. I really use this time management, risk management, mindset management tools to help lawyers because I think it really tackles all the three layers that we are experiencing. It's not just one or the other. I think it really is a catalog of tools that are on all levels and from all aspects and angles supporting you in feeling less stressed, more calm, while achieving your career goals and having the semblance of personal life and work-life balance. So these are all the elements. Now, if I can summarize and just hand it to somebody, then I would say this. Go to my website, www.dominicafazola.com. There is a page called Method. That's my methodology. And it's just in really digested, streamlined way with pictures and graphs, what we've just discussed in three steps Um, all put together there. You can just read through it and you'll see the whole process because these are the three steps that I'm using and I think they're equally important. It's not one particular thing that I will highlight, but if we can just leave the audience with one particular message stemming from all of this, is we mentioned this multiple times. It's about taking the time to take the step back and look at it. Really having that vision and having that ability to take a step back, take a helicopter at 40,000 feet of you, Mm -hmm. maybe having somebody helping you if you cannot afford a coach or go in a program and have a friend that you can trust and having that external external view and being challenged of those assumptions that you have, those limiting beliefs that you have, and really work proactively because... We are constantly as lawyers in survival mode many times at work, constantly in reactive mode. You need that proactive view on your calendar, on your schedule or system, as I call it. And that will help you to perform better at work, but also be more fulfilled and by the stress, which is the biggest issue that many lawyers are experiencing now.
0: Yeah, so you need to pause instead of push in those moments. So we will link that resource down below in the show notes. And can you tell us where can people connect with you and how can they work with you the way that I worked with you? Absolutely. So when you go on my website,
1: you will see that I have the methodology. And then I also have a product that is directly mapped against that methodology that follows the methodology. It's an eight-week mentorship program that's called Law Life System. And it's really about building that system, designing the vision for your life and a system that allows you to reclaim your time, to be in control of your time and life grow your career while still having a life. So you don't have to choose between career and life. You can have both and you can actually succeed in both. It's my brand new program that I've just launched. Uh, it's based on many years of coaching and many other programs that I had and constantly adjusting it to the needs of the lawyers. And that will be probably the best, best offer or best step that you can take if, if you're really serious about building that system that supports you on both ends, work and life. I also offer free discovery call where we audit your current situation. You come out with strategy plan and action plan that's based on my methodology. That's usually the first step that people take when they want to work with me just to see whether it makes sense for them, whether they're interested, whether there's chemistry. So I really would suggest that if you are interested, you book a discovery call with me and we go through everything is free. It is no commitment, no strings attached. So you can really explore, make the best informed decision for yourself or get the strategy and then pursue it with me if you want an external perspective. I'm also very active on Instagram. I invite everybody who is interested in Lilla Nuggets based on what I've just said on a daily basis to follow me on Instagram. It's again at Dominica Fazola. That's my Instagram handle. And I also follow every Friday, Low Life Chat, which is Friday weekly Instagram stream where I talk about all these things too. So definitely make sure you tune into that too. So these will be the three points that I would suggest if any of the listeners is interested to solving their time management situation
0: of how to proceed working. That's great. And I I highly recommend checking out your stuff because the everything you do is of such high quality. And I was just thinking as you're talking, the quote I share about JAPE's theory, we think we're going to rise to the level of our goals, but we fall to the level of our systems. In everything you do, you fall to the level of superb. You do everything you do and the way that you serve your clients, the way you served me superbly. Definitely check out her resources. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having
1: me. It was amazing, Kaylee. Have a wonderful day.
0: And also your listeners. Thank you. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me and really help us grow if you would take a moment to go to your podcast app where you listen and leave us a review. If you know a lawyer who you think would enjoy this podcast, please take a screenshot of your favorite episode and send it to them or tag them in a post. And before we leave, I just want to remind you that you are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. I'll see you next week.